Hello and welcome to the Hoops Adamas podcast. I'm Adam Shalafu, and uh, today's episode is brought to you by Symbol, as well as Spotify Green Room. Let me tell you a little bit about Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk flat platform. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. Uh, get in on the conversation that you listen to every day, and you can experience this on the app. It's your chance to be featured. On the Hoops Dramas podcast, uh, we'll, we'll get that going sometime. Uh, all you got to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link it to your Twitter, uh, join up, and then you can follow me at my new uh, Twitter, Fargo Foo. That's Fargo, F-O-U-X, to be notified uh, when we're going live. And, uh, you know, join the party, folks. And then uh, Symbol, let me tell you about Symbol. Very interesting concept here. Uh, There's a very new sponsor. Symbol is like the stock market for sports. It allows you to profit off your sports knowledge on Symbol. You can trade sports teams like stocks. And every time your team wins, you earn cash. So if you listen to my season preview and you know that I told you the Bulls were going to blow that 41 and a half out of the water, you'd, you'd be, you know, walking to the bank uh, with me on that one. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD. That's for sports drink, SD, to make sure your deposit's risk-free. Use that code SD, and that means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. All right, down to business. Uh, We got a special guest today, a DePaul Blue Demon Hall of Famer, class of 2019, uh, a Leo legend, and uh, Chicago's very own Andre Brown. Andre, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And oh, we talked a little bit about this before the show started, but the last time I saw you, I was standing in line. I was probably about eight years old to get your autograph at the uh, Batavia Night of Hoops in Batavia, Illinois. You were a senior at Leo. You committed to DePaul. Catch me up. What's the last, you know, 22 years? What you been up to? Oh, man. That, you take me back when you mentioned that story, man. Like I told you before, I feel so old now. But uh um, fast forward till now. Um, I mean, I'm still close to the game, which I've always imagined myself to be. So I'm coaching high school varsity basketball in Florida at American Heritage High School, which is a private school. So um, this is my fourth year there. Uh, we're pretty good. You know, I've been over 500 since I've been there. So we've, we've been fairly pretty good. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Hey, that's better than DePaul. And Unfortunately for DePaul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so we got a lot of guys on our pod. It's not just me. You know, I got a team full of guys, and uh, about half of us went to DePaul. We went to the School of Journalism, and we covered that men's team. We covered Lato 2.0. Uh, wow. You were a member of Lato 1.0. Uh, and on that team, the last team for the Blue Demons to make the tournament and so I'm very interested to hear your perspective because Dave Leto, he almost became infamous in, in 2.0. Yeah. You know, the fan base was really upset with him. Uh, it looked like 
they were going to have a good year uh, prior to uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. It looked like they might just squeak into the tournament. They got off to a really good start. They beat some uh, top flight teams. I believe it was either Texas Tech or Texas A&M that they defeated. Uh, but what's your perspective on all that as someone who has been inducted into the Blue Demons Hall of Fame, one of their greater basketball players of all time? I mean, from from when I left and watching them, you know, from afar, uh, to me personally, I just I, I thought, you know, he needed more uh, homegrown guys, you know, a few guys to stay at home because it, it's, it's been a while since you get some of our own stay at home. They kind of venture off and go to these other big big schools and you know we got unlimited amounts of talent and right. i think that's i think that's probably solely the main reason that you know fans would be upset with Lado, you know because you're just not bringing that you know you, you're letting talent leave the city and it you know and this it shouldn't be like that you know going back to my days of the q richardson days you know uh, one of the reasons i stayed was basically was because of those guys you know and i want to be close to home so my mom would be able to see me see me play so you know the decision was easy for me and you know we turned out to be a pretty decent team and you know he's he's had fairly you got he's putting together just guys from all over so I mean nothing wrong with his coaching ability great dude on and off the floor like he's helped me tremendously you know giving me great advice you know just uh life you know outside of basketball so I mean he's I mean, it was a tough role for him because I think they they he left and then he came back for another stint. So, right. I mean, it. yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the coaching, we never questioned the coaching, but it's, it's I think it's the recruiting side and keeping keeping those guys right there, making them a powerhouse like, you know, Illinois was. I want to say like two years ago with some of those glue guys who stayed from like Morgan Park mm-hmm. you know, things like that, man. So. It, to me, it's the it's the recruiting side. If they can get some of that talent to stay and bring DePaul back to the you know the the forefront like it was, I, I believe they'll be a contender as always. What do you think that the new regime with uh, Stubfield uh, leading the charge? What do you think they can do to bring back some of those guys? You mentioned Q Rich, but you know it's such a, yeah. a deep history. You can go all the way back to you know Mark Aguirre. Uh, it seems like DePaul was kind of built on bringing in those local guys. Uh, they, you know, had, had Charlie Moore uh, switch over from Kansas and everything. But what would be the difference, uh, in your opinion? Um, I mean, he's fairly new. I don't know too much about, you know, Stubblefield. I know he came from Oregon. So, I mean, you got to try something. And if it, if it starts with change, that big of a change, changing the coach, getting newer players, then so be it. You know, you can only see what what happens from that. On top of that, his job is going to be tough, too, because he has to keep some of that talent there. You can't let those other schools get that talent if he wants to be a contender amongst those, you know, Chicago teams. So, I mean, he's got his hands full. It's his first year. I mean, Chicago's man is 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 a tough city for sports, man. And if you don't produce right away, you know those people will turn on you quickly, man. But they'll love you at the same time. So you know, I just hope he gets those caliber of players, you know, to 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 really succeed at that at that level. I mean, like I said, on paper, from what I've heard, I've heard he's a decent coach. 
But I mean, Chicago's a tough city, and he's got to he's got to learn it. They got to keep some of that talent there, and it, it may start with just bringing in a few Chicago guys for the, you know, for the Chicago staff who's familiar with some of those guys. Maybe they need to see a familiar face. Uh, that helps. So I mean, who knows? And and also that uh, they're still they're in the Big East, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. So that's a tough that's a tough conference, man. Yeah. Even with when I was playing, we were in the Conference USA, and I thought that was tough. So the Big East, you're playing more East Coast teams who are powerhouses. Uh, St. John's, UConn, those teams, they're going to be tough. So he's got his hands full. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. You know, when you play Villanova twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hands full is right. There, there's a few guys I, I try to see. Uh, I, I go down state to it used to be in Peoria now it's going to be in uh, Champaign Illinois we'll see if I'll be able to make the trip this year but I go down to the high school final four uh just about every year since I was in eighth grade and I remember seeing Jalen Brunson when he was at Stevenson he he went for 56 against Whitney (laughs) Young led by Jalil Okafor but then uh I got to see him when I went to DePaul and I was uh you know getting to see him with Villanova and then got to see him with the Dallas Mavericks. And it's like uh, two parts of this, right? One is how do you get that guy instead of going from Stevenson to Villanova, just Stevenson to DePaul, you know, just like stay in the city. You're still (laughs) in the big East, Uh, but that's gotta be, you know, really frustrating. And I know it's been very frustrating for the fan base. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do agree with you that I think that that is the difference maker because in that short amount of time, uh, relatively short anyway, you know, you see guys like Derek Rose come up, yeah. D Wade, you know, he's from Robbins and he goes to Marquette, cool, you know, right. uh, DePaul, DePaul wasn't, and he mentioned DePaul wasn't even recruiting him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Uh, and that's like the kind of talent where if you have Dwayne Wade in a blue demon uniform instead of uh, the Marquette uniform, we might be talking about a completely different yeah. uh, program like that. That's someone who Marquette already was a very good basketball school, but I feel like he did take them to the next level. And it, it's it, it's interesting, like the Paul's maybe still waiting on that guy to kind of return them to glory. I mean, I mean, I can see that it only takes one guy, <laughs> you know, for guys to follow suit. And it, it's got to make sense. You know, it's got to be a complete team. Like when, you know, mentioning the Q days, you got to think, you know, with him, Lance Williams and Stephen Hunter and Bobby Simmons, and, you know, some of those names, they were all different positions. So that could be their starting five right there all along. And that that was more appealing to me and Amari and made our decision so much easier because, you know, we wanted to play with guys we knew and guys that knew us. It just made it more comfortable. Then you got that Chicago home base behind you. It just made it a lot easier too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and DePaul is, is homegrown, man. And it's, 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 it's more familiar than a lot of those other schools as Illinois, Northwestern, you know, DePaul's was at the top, you know, of schools mm-hmm. that guys really want to go to. Yeah. So they got to get back to that, that, that high recruit stage where they're keeping the home talent in. It only takes one or two guys, man. And, you know, that guy is going to bring over guys who wants to play with him and, you know, they can, they're going to win at the Paul. One of the things we kind of thought might be a challenge 
that is now gone. Well, I mean, it's still there, but DePaul's not playing at the All-State anymore. Now, you played at the All-State, uh, yeah. and, and so just if you're not from the Chicago area, let's provide a little context. So that's, what would you say, about 30, 45-minute drive from campus to yeah. the stadium. And so, it, you know, it, the, it, would, it was, it was very difficult for the fans to get there. Uh, and now they got this unbelievable arena where the Chicago mm-hmm. Sky, you know, just won a championship this past summer. Uh, yeah. Beautiful facility. What do you think about uh, the Wind Trust? And do you think that is going to help DePaul kind of become a more appealing destination? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it, it, like you said, the fans want to be closer. So it, it makes sense. You're going to get people who've always wanted to go to those games, get to go to those games. They get the opportunity to see, you know, DePaul. And DePaul's always been a, a, a great school, great program, great coaching. So it, it it's a it's, it was major when they put that gym right there because it just it just made sense. I mean, I'm I'm upset that they waited till we left to yeah. do that because the facility is just off the charts. You know, we uh, we had saw the blueprint uh, before it was even thought of and was like, wow, this is it's crazy. It's like an NBA facility. You know, they had everything in there. And um, that's also one of the appealing things to get some of those players too. you know, that was something they needed to have because players want to see that type of stuff, you know, it just makes them feel comfortable. Like, wow, you guys got gym here and you got facility, you got cold tubs and all this other stuff, you know, they're not used to seeing that. I know I wasn't. So, um, that's a plus, man. That was a major plus. Now they got to keep the talent inside that, you know, inside inside the city to, to get DePaul back to that forefront, man. But the major, major plus with that, with the win trust. Do you think that it creates kind of a, a bit of a catch-22 from a recruiting aspect where maybe they can't recruit till they win, but they can't win till they recruit? <laughs> um. I don't know. I mean, recruit. I mean, it's. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say, man. Because, like I said, when when Lado was there, and, and when we was there, he really didn't have to recruit as much because the guys who were there with me were already kind of there and solidified. So he pretty much had a team without really. He only brought in a couple of his guys, so. Mm-hmm. The next test for him was that following year. Now, can you recruit? Can you get talent to stay? And that was one of the biggest issues with him because I know when I was there, a lot of guys wanted to play with me, but I was on the verge of leaving or staying four years at the time. So guys went different places. So I know once I left, it's like, you know, nobody's from Chicago on that team. You know, why as a player, why would I go over there? I'm not familiar with Lado. He's an East Coast guy. Mm-hmm. You know, players take that into account. You know, does he like my style? You know, so I mean, that's it could go both ways with that, man. You know, but I, I know it starts with that recruiting. You know, you just you just never know. Yeah, definitely. And it's a it's a crazy game. I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole, but uh, I will say having covered high school hoops, college hoops, I've had conversations with people who will remain nameless, but it's a dirty game. Yeah. You know, and the game's only gotten dirtier. 
And so it's tough to run a clean program right. and to win. You know, I've, I've talked to people who said, well, DePaul doesn't cheat enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, probably now, but they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it all, it all depends how you're doing it. I mean, no one's – somebody's doing something, man. Let's just, just be real. That's why yeah. they they made it to where as though some of these athletes are getting paid now because it was ridiculous. Like, these kids – some of these kids don't have anything, you know, so – that was a plus as well, having these kids get some of the some of that money uh, along with food and you know things of that nature. Because a lot of guys' jerseys get sold and they don't get a percentage off that. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they you know they they favored the players more so because in the end we suffered. Then they get mad when we take something. I mean we never had anything. So yeah, it's like you know w- what do you do? So but I mean some programs do it. I'm not even going to say that. I think all programs do it. It's all based on whether, the, at the end of the day, where the player wants to go to school. Yeah. You know, where, where he seems fit, you know, to if he's trying to go to the NBA, you go to that spot that's pretty much, you know, with the gateway there, going to get you there quicker. You don't have to play behind other players. So, you know, all that goes into account. Absolutely. And before we move into the NBA uh, part of our discussion, uh, real – general question but what was your favorite moment being a DePaul Blue Demon as a, as a player as a player hmm I had so many man I'll just I'll say this before I even we we made me and Amari sorry we made the announcement that we were going to DePaul and I remember going to the game this is after our announcement. I remember going to the Cincinnati game. They were playing Cincinnati. It was a huge game. It was packed. Cincinnati had like Demar Johnson, Kenyon Martin. Like they, they were, they, yeah, they had a tough team. We had Quint Richardson, Lance. With this is like their few first games. It was, and walking into the arena, it was like wow, because growing up. As a player, the one I idolized was Kenyon Martin. So I was, you know, people used to always compare our games. I'm like, nah, you know, he's better. He jumps a lot higher, but I can see, you know, where the, you know, where the similarities come in. So I will always like to watch him. So just walking into that gym was like such a, a huge and amazing experience, something I really never felt. And I was at that point, I was kind of happy about signing with DePaul and, and, getting to meet the players after that, man, I was just in awe and just couldn't wait to get started. I mean, that was probably, you know, the one of the greatest, more memorable moments I, I um, was a part of, because I can remember that like yesterday because we got to meet Dick Vitale. Uh, he shouted us out on TV. Oh, you that's know, awesome. Just, you guys just signed. And I mean, I met, I got to meet Kenyon Martin and Q and all those guys. So it was, that was, that was, a wonderful experience and and another one uh short one was fine uh Lado getting an opportunity as, as well as myself for us to um make the NCAA tournament my my junior year was the first time that I made it so that was a good time too I remember that playing his old school UConn and we played Bradley the first game but we ended up using losing to UConn that second round but wonderful experience man wonderful experience 
And last, that's the last time DePaul got there. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, that, that's not on me. I had to go, I had to go venture off, man. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're right. <laughs> that is the last time. <laughs> yeah. uh, good times, man. Good times. Absolutely, and I, I love, uh, you know, growing up a DePaul fan and Notre Dame fan. Uh, I, I remember in eighth grade, I'm in a game Notre Dame when they had. Yeah, I, I think the guy's name was Russell Carter, uh, some real athletic small forward. And then they mm-hmm. had uh, Colin Falls, uh, real real nice squad. Colin Falls sounds familiar. Yeah, Colin Falls, could he could snipe. But Wilson Chandler gets the steal. Chandler. Puts it away at the buzzer, <laughs> like on a, on, a, yeah. on a dunk. It was incredible. Uh, but I used to, you know, that was appointment television for my family. Yeah growing up yeah. that Notre Dame to Paul rivalry. And yeah, uh, so I, I just hope that they can, you know, keep, keep climbing back up because yeah. it's got all the potential to be a very special program again. It, it does. It does. Definitely has the facilities now. So you need them players. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, and I'm talking with Andre Brown. This is a hoops dramas podcast. As you know, you hit play. Uh, and we want a quick shout out to symbol. It's sports stock market essentially and it allows you to profit off your knowledge uh two ways to make money first every time you uh every time a team you own wins you earn cash you win that payout second just like the start stock market if you think a team is going to increase in value you can buy low you can sell high use promo code sd to make your first deposit risk-free that means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you symbol will refund your initial deposit no questions asked. Also, uh, Spotify Green Room. It's simple. It's easy. Live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. You talk to me and guys like Andre. Uh, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. Uh, share your own experience on the app. Uh, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans, just for sports fans. Uh, start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the big news, rumors, talk with other fans, insiders, athletes, executives, and more. Uh, join in the conversation. And, uh, you know, might get a chance to be on Hoops Drama's pod yourself. I'll be uh, hosting these rooms, uh, probably looking at some Tuesdays. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. That's yet to be uh, uh, planned out. But all you need to do is download Spotify Green Room. It's free in the app store, create a profile, link it up on your Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. I'm on the Twitter Fargo foo at Fargo foo. Uh, follow us, the hoops dramas pod, and we'll be going uh, live on the green room eventually. Uh, yeah. So, so come give us a shout. Anyway, back to the conversation here with Andre Brown. Uh, Andre, you played a few years in the league and that's just an insane accomplishment to get to, you know, just getting in the league is, I mean, I got to play once with the Harlem Globetrotters. I got, I got, when I was in uh, great falls, I got to play as the, uh, for, for two minutes, you know, but I got to sub into that game. (laughs) I remember I'm just like, I'm, I'm out there, you know, with, with like my black tights, my D roses on. And I'm like, Oh my, this is my moment. You know, and I missed a layup so bad that it looked like an alley-oop and they counted it as an alley-oop. 
And, you know, the guy slams it down. In that moment, Andre, it was too big for me. All right. I can't imagine, like, you know, I didn't even play high school hoops. All right. You know, I was already like, I better be a coach. I'm a little too short. Hey, man, you had your moment, man. You're supposed to shine. Oh, yeah. Well, don't tell anyone. Hopefully, no one listens to this. They don't know the secret that it was a missed layup. But because the the, the guy's alley oop to Shalafu, you know. But anyway, all, all that to say, like, what was that like? reaching the dream for real not being the celebrity guest but reaching that dream for real making it the nba oh man dream come true because my story was was different you know i didn't go right there as i envisioned or um thought i would um growing up you know i I had it panned out that you know i'm going to get drafted first round go here go to this city such and such but you know for some it don't kind of it don't work out you know that way so but i end up going to Korea my first year, um, worked on my game, made a little bit of money, came back that following year, went to the, what is the G League now, but it was the D League when I went there, got drafted, played well, got my, got my first, like I was one of the, was two guys, I believe, who went early. I was one of the two. It's one, Azubuki, Kenny Azubuki. Okay. Who ended up, yeah, who ended up going to Golden State that year. Yeah, and I was the second, yeah. Great player, plays very hard. Yeah. Um, and I was the second. I ended up getting a call up from Seattle. And man, when I tell you, my mom was one of the first, you know, phone calls I made. You know, she was so ecstatic. And, you know, I was so happy, man, just to share that moment with her, you know, and, you know, just to tell her, like, you know, all that hard work paid off. And, you know, we're finally here. And, you know, it was a great feeling, man. And she, you know, just hearing her excitement over the phone made me, you know, kind of tear up because it's almost like she wanted it more than I did. So that was a, a huge accomplishment, man. And from there, things just took off for me, man. It, it worked out so well in Seattle. You know, I got to meet guys that I still talk to, like Ray Allen and Rashard Lewis and those guys, uh, Nick Collison. You know, those were the those were the homies, man. And and they kind of took me under their wing, you know, and, you know, if when you get signed from the D league, you know, they put you on these 10 day contracts, you know, right. it's almost like it's a showcase, you know, if you do well, the first 10, you know, we'll keep you on, you do good the second. All right, man. When I tell you, you know, those guys vouched for me, man, and wanted me for the, you know, remain in the season, it just made me feel welcomed and, and accomplished at that point. So great feeling, man. That's, that's another one of those things, you know, in your life that you, you know that many, the not many get the experience, but just to share that story is is just exciting in itself. Absolutely, and that actually, yeah. you know, kind kind of leads me into the next question. Uh, and I, I warned you about it, gave you a little bit of time to think about it, hopefully, because mm-hmm. it is a tough one. Uh, yeah. But if you had to pick an all-time starting five of mm-hmm. the best players you played with in the NBA, who would be on it? And so you you were on Seattle in 06, 07, Memphis, 07, 08, and then 08, 09 uh, with Charlotte. So you, you got quite a few to pick from. Oh, uh, hell, I, with the guys I played with, man, I'm going to have to be a sub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, Powell Gasol, Ray Allen, oh, Rudy Gay. Cal, see, Cal Lowry would probably be the one. I put and that's Ray a Allen young in. Lowry, but he was scrappy. 
Yeah, he we call him Butterball, man. He was he was he's actually slimmer now than he was because he was a little fat pudgy point guard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I put Cal there. Oh, you know what? I take that back. I'm gonna take Mike Conley. Ooh, Mike Con- I'll okay. play with Mike as well. Mike was on that team. You got Mike. I'll take Ray Allen at the two. Put Rudy at the three. You got Paul Gasol and. I'll put Paul, I'll put Powell at the five. Who's another four? Play with Strowmouth Swift too. Hell of a player. That could he could jump out of the gym. He was jumping out the gym. Mm. That Memphis team, those were my dogs. You know what? I'm gonna put uh, Rashad Lewis at the four. Okay. Hey, that's modern. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like so that. So I got I got Mike Conley, Ray Allen, Rudy Gay, Rashad Lewis, Powell Gasol. I'm going to have to go back and uh, listen to my interview with Kendall Gill, and I'm going to have to compare your, your guys' teams <laughs> because I, I, you guys actually both have uh, – no, 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 he, he had Gary Payton. I almost got okay. confused because the, the Gary Payton-Ray Allen trade that happened, yeah. you know. Uh, okay. But, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a squad. you got a lot of shooting uh, between Conley, yeah. who only and, got better. And everybody's at their true positions, you know, so – It'd be a lot of mismatch for other teams because Rudy's big at that at that three spot, six eight wing player. And you got oh, yeah. Ray who's just unbelievable. <laughs> he does everything. They call him Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> he does it all, man. Yeah, and Rudy's not as bouncy as he used to be, but that high IQ and he can yeah, still, still hoop. Yeah, yeah, still a smart, still a smart player, man. Still got that game now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that team. I like that team. Yeah. All right. Now, who would you say maybe you can do like top three or if it's a clear cut, it's a clear cut, but some of the toughest guys you ever guarded, who are your toughest assignments? I uh, regarded uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. <laughs> um, Al Jefferson. Okay. Um. Some tough battles. Man, Memphis, we saw, I would say, in between Yao Ming and Zach Randolph, they were tough covers. Damn. Yao, yeah, Yao was tough. We cause I saw Yao, I felt like I saw Yao so many times when we playing in Seattle. It's like, you know, with those West Coast teams, you see teams four times a year. So in Memphis, I saw him a lot too. But I remember my first meeting with him. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I remember it clear as day. He came in on offense and I must have gave him like a, he was running down and I gave him like a bump, like a nudge, kind of hit him below the belt. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. just wanted to let him know I was there. So, and I'm like, you know, he's, he's throughout the game. He's speaking Chinese. I'm like, he don't understand anything. I'm just checking the, you know, I'm just checking the temperature. That's it, man. I'm in there. Cause at that time I'm a bruiser. I'm not, we got Ray Allen. I don't need to do no score. I'm in here just to rebound and be a bruiser. So I hit him. We go back down on the other end. He said, Hey, don't you ever do that again? So I looked around. I said, yeah, you speak English? I said, I didn't know you spoke English, man. <laughs> so that's, I said, it's my bad, man. He was pissed that whole game from that. And I would say after that, 
I maybe got three fouls in a row guarding him. I had to sit because they kept going back to him, and he was just too big, too big, seven six. But he surprised me with that when he spoke English, and it was clear as hell. So I'm like, wow, they work with you fast, man. No, you speak <laughs> good English. Yeah, he, he spoke great English. Yeah, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, I was more intrigued by him speaking clear English because I thought he could speak English. But uh, those those guys are probably the toughest. KG talks a lot of crap, um, throw you off your game easily. What's he the knows. if you can even say, I mean, this is free Internet radio. It's not like, HBO, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, what's the worst thing he ever said to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, not to me personally. It's just okay. him, just him talking. Him <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy, he really is, is crazy because a lot of times he, he talks to himself. So he's not really directing anything to you. Like, you know, is this guy crazy? You know, it's like, man, motherfuck you and get off of me. I'm like, no one's even on you, KG. Are you okay? You know, it's just, <laughs> he has that intimidating factor that it will just throw you off. And he knows things that, you would think he wouldn't know. I remember he was, and we he, he we went to Minnesota. I believe he was there, and him and Nick Collison was just jawing back and back and forth. And he must have said something to Nick, and Nick just kind of folded. It's like, what did he say to Nick? It's like he he knows how to get under your skin, man, and and knows how to play at the same time. So you have a lot of guys that talk a lot of trash but can't play. They just out there to talk. He's talking shit and he's playing and busting your ass and you can't do anything about it. And he's talking about you and your mama. You can't do nothing about it. So sounds like he talks a lot about moms and wives. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he he hey man, if you if you don't know him, you you're gonna fold and cry in the car, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Joakim Noah saying he's just he's not nice, you know. Yeah, he because he because he used to look up to him, you know. It's it's almost that saying. What's the saying? The the uh, your rivals or, or your idols become your rivals, so to speak. So you know, you look up to a guy all the time. You finally get the chance to just meet him, and he's a complete asshole. He's just gonna <laughs> throw you off. It's just gonna throw you off, man. Yeah, you know. Oh my but goodness, it, but it. it it's a part of the game. You can't take it personal because I can assure you, all those guys are different people off the court. You'll meet that guy somewhere. You'll meet KG somewhere. He's just the nicest guy ever, man. But on that floor, totally different dude. <laughs> totally okay. different. I would hope so. Otherwise, he'd be a, yeah. he'd be a very, very mean person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you got, he got to have some love somewhere because he, he'll have people at him on that court. He'll be off that court. Yeah. I, I like they had, you know, I don't think it was actually called this, but like KG's corner for a while on TNT. Yeah. They like had KG yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> and it didn't last long because they're like, all right, this guy's nuts. This guy's nuts. Yeah. We can't have my TV. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a different breed, man. You only got a few of them. He's different. Yeah, yeah. Not a, I don't know, man. Uh, well, did you see that, that little situation yesterday with uh, Markeith Morris and Nikola Jokic? I did. I did. I did. What are your thoughts on that? I've been like hitting the group chat with my fantasy basketball league. No one's got the more, any of the Morris brothers, but I said, I'm suspending them both. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, and I, like, I'm not going to hide it. I'm a big Jokic fan. He's my favorite player in the NBA. Love his game. But what are your thoughts on that? Having uh, played some NBA ball and kind of like seeing 
similar situations firsthand? Well, it goes back to yeah, let me say this. Jokic just is just showing that he's not a pushover. Right. You know, that that's one. Two, you know, when we as Americans, you know, we see guys from other countries, you know, come try to play in, you know, in our leagues. To us, it's like, you know, this is our league. So we're gonna what's the word? Um we don't care what you are, who you are. You're not from here. It's it's almost like that. It's you know, it's like being in, you know, when I'm overseas and you know you're playing against the Chinese or the Japanese team, any 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 team, and you know normally the Americans are better players. You know from from what you hear, there it's always um, two Americans to every team, which will make the team a lot stronger. So and I knew that when you play these teams, some of the Americans won't guard you those games, you know, just to save them, you know, from foul trouble. So me personally, when I see a Chinese, anybody other than an American guy, I'm, I'm, I'm busting his ass because I'm thinking, you know, their game is lower tier than ours. So going back to that joker situation, that's just one of those issues where, look, man, we can play basketball, but like, don't think I'm a pussy, you know, I'm, yeah. And, and he's not. He's from um, Serbia, right? Serbia uh, or yeah, yeah, I believe so. Of, yeah, yo, those boys don't play. I played in Serbia. <laughs> I played in Iran, you know. And those are some big boys over there. And I just, I mean, I thought both of them were kind of two dirty plays. Um, I think my grief um, instigated it. I would have retaliated too. The old me probably would have retaliated, but I would have made sure he saw it. Like I wouldn't have done it like Jokic did it, mm-hmm. you know, cause in that instance, you just, you never know when the players back turn, you can do, you know, you, you can do anything, man. He, he hit him. You just never know. He can do something to his neck. The NBA, when you hear these injuries, this crazy injuries, like how the hell yeah. did he hurt that? Plantar fatalis and suffolus, all these big words, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's, I commend Jokic because when you rarely see him get upset, you know, you don't yeah. see him fighting guys. He plays the game the right way. He's uh, unstoppable down on the post. Like he, no one can guard this big dude. And, and to see that just shows seeing that moment. And also the moment when they played Phoenix, when they were about to get swept, one of those moments where uh, he got frustrated it was the only time I've seen him really get frustrated. But I mean, I, to me, in my opinion, I thought both players were pretty dirty. Um, they could have handled it a little bit better, but I don't think that it would have. I think it still would have escalated, even if it didn't happen in that moment. I think they would have just been staring each other down in the games mm-hmm. and still looking to ch- chop each other up anyway. So, but like, hats off to to uh, Jokic though, you know. I commend him, man, because, I mean, like, you know, it's whether you like it or not, we're going to test you. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to test you and see if, you know, if if you're about that life. And apparently, you know, he is. I mean, the dude is seven feet, 285. <laughs> so, And I, when I saw the push and I saw his body jerk like that, I was like, oh, shit, he really got pushed. 
because it's hard to move that big dude. So when yeah, you do see yeah. a, a movement, he really got pushed. So, I, I mean, I understand, man. I would have did the same thing. You know, you pay the fine later, man. He got it. Yeah. But um, then then you got to go back to the history, too. The Morris twins have known to be, you know, Thank you. Because that's assholes. what I'm saying in the group chat to my they, friends. I'm like, no. They've dude, been known dirty. to be, yeah, they're dirty, man. You know, and unfortunately, whether we like it or not, it's a part of the game. You got to get under guy's skin. You got to throw him off. And that was one of those moments because he did that and walked off. See, he didn't, he, we all assumed that Jokic is soft. So we're going to test him. And in that moment, Jokic is not soft. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you, if you look, when Lucas Doncic plays, everybody tests him. Mm-hmm. They always test him. They always bumping him. They pushing him. But what does he do? He keep coming back with that smile. He keeps shooting them daggers, yeah. and he's talking. And he's talking big trash. So those players are different. The game has changed. Those overseas guys are coming to play, and they can play. You know, and they're showing you they're not that soft, man. So hats off to Jokic, man, but they going to get fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, sometimes, like, if you're a Markeith Morris of the NBA who might log some minutes at this point in your career, but uh, yeah. you're never an all-star and your your best days are ahead of you, or, or, or way behind you, when you can get under someone like that skin – and you can get them to take themselves out of the game. It's kind of like in chess, you're sacrificing a pawn for a queen. That's what he's. That's what he's there for. Exactly. Now, now, now. Keep in mind, everybody in the NBA can play from one to the fifteenth guy. All right, you, you can't ever get that misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they all have different roles. We all grow into different type of players. You know, I, I had to you know, sacrifice certain things from being a scorer to being a best player in your high school, McDonald's All-American, to being a role player who set screens for Ray Allen, which I didn't mind <laughs> because I'm going to set the best damn screens that you can get to get him open. I knew I had to get him open. So each guy has a different role. You know, you got guys who are good locker room guys. You got guys who are going from that player translating to that coaching you know, stage and just good to have around. And you got guys who just do the dirty work. He's there to do the dirty work because you're going to have a team full of guys who don't really fight. And then you got those one or two guys who's going to stick up for that whole team, you know, like a Jay Crowder for Phoenix. Cause Chris Paul is not going to fight. Devin yeah. Booker's is not going to fight. Who's the, who's the high head on that team? Crowder. You're going to have that one guy who kind of balances everything out. So, he does his job. And, and if I'm a coach, I mean, it, right or wrong, if I'm a coach and I see my grief do that, I'm going to give him a pound. Good job. Even yeah. though it was wrong, even though it was wrong, but way to test him, way to get under his skin. He going to think about it next game. We we might got his head out of the game. We yeah. might can play. Because Robin used to do it all the time. And yeah. he frustrated players. And they couldn't play after that. Yeah, You know? And – Robin never lost the job. He was getting signed. Crazy as he was, they were signing this crazy dude to, yeah. to a contract. You know, he's valuable for something, man. And that's because that's part of the game. If you can throw a player off, a Carl Malone type player off with Robin Gardner, then hell, my chances of winning this game is easy because he do his job. 
zero yeah. points, 15 rebounds, man. And he got under the other player's skin. We're good. So, you know, everybody plays, everybody has a part to play in. Yeah. Especially like, let's say that happens in a playoff game. You just took out a star. Yeah. Right. You know, like that's yeah. how you can win a series. Look at it like that. Correct. My creep doesn't care about getting out the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he's, he, it wasn't Jimmy Butler. It wasn't though. He still got the premier uh, team in there. You guys go do your job. I did my job. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's it, how it, it goes, man. Yeah, if, if you you might lose PJ Tucker, and if that means that the other team doesn't have, uh, uh, I don't know. Let's say Demontis Sabonis. Uh, then, right. You know, PJ Tucker. <laughs> PJ Tucker's okay. We don't have to worry it's about okay. That. We can live with that. We got rid of that score. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. All yeah. right, so kind of getting to the end here. Uh, we're both Chicago Bulls fans. I'm from Batavia, as, as you now know. In uh, <laughs> what part of the city are you from? Southside, Southside Chicago. Okay, so we're, we're both Bulls fans. I got my Bulls shirt here. Okay, nice. Big win last night over the Brooklyn Nets. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday night, November 9th. So – what are your thoughts on the squad so far? They're looking all right. They were looking all right from the start, from, from the start of signing Lonzo Ball. I knew okay. that team was going to be completely different. Lonzo Ball is a hell of a player, and he's a, a pure point guard. And with that size, that's what Chicago needed, the, that type of player, because Chicago is big on guards. The flashy, we like the flashy guards and you know the 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 efficient type players. I remember it was talk about Lamelo going over there as well, and that could have worked too. Um, you just think you just think of the history of the D Rose and you know those type of players. So when they signed him and kept Levine, I said, okay, they're going to be pretty decent. Now you bring over a guy like Caruso, who's a very good role player and mm -hmm. underrated. And you bring over DeMar DeRozan with Vujic, uh, if I'm saying his name correct. Yeah, Vujic, um, who they got in the by the trade deadline. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a team. That's a major change, major change. And it's, it's no surprise that they're starting off like this. It's no surprise. I think they got the right group of guys around each other. The chemistry looks crazy, like they've been playing for years. Yeah. Um, but with, Le with, with uh, Lazo playing being a point guard first and dishing out how he dishes it's his job is so easy and his and he's shooting a lot better demar looks more comfortable and levine looks more happier because at one point he wanted to leave because they didn't really put a lot around him so i'm interested to see how far they go in that east you know along with new york you know but it's still kind of early i like the start of it so you know you can't i, I kind of can't make judgments now and kind of critique but i like the start of it you know so it's it's we shall see we shall see yeah i, I think that the pieces fit each other really well mm -hmm. and it makes sense for the identity of the team which is you know get out and run i love the lines yeah. pick up it makes them uh gives them the ability to turn any game into a track meet right and I don't know if there's a more athletic team in the NBA. That, that's kind of crazy. To, but if you really think about it, you got Derrick Jones Jr. You know, right. I forgot about Derrick Jones. And, and he's Correct. he's a crucial piece too because that athleticism he brings to 
the power forward position, even though he's not some huge, you know, six, yeah. ten, seven foot guy, he can get up and block a shot with the best of them in the league. You got, you know, Derek Jones, and then you got Zach Levine. Those are two guys who won dunk contests. Yeah. And then Caruso is an underrated athlete as well. DeRozan, yeah, nice. we all know what he can do. Yeah. Lonzo. Yeah, nice so it's like, if you get caught playing the Bulls game, there's a good chance you're going to lose. And so even though they're loaded on paper, I think the X factor for the Chicago Bulls team is they're going to make you play their game. And I just don't know how many teams in the NBA are capable of playing that same game with them. Like off the top of my head, yeah. Phoenix, Milwaukee, Miami. Maybe Milwaukee. Maybe. Maybe. They got to chase those young boys. They look young and spryy and <laughs> playing above the rim. And, and Vujic is a load down there, man. He's And he's shooting. He's a spread five. He's shooting threes, too. So that's a hard cover, man. That DeMar, is, 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 he looks so comfortable that he gets to all his spots. Mm-hmm. The mid-range for him is just ridiculous. They got a they got a nice bunch over there, man. Hopefully they can stay healthy and make noise because the East right now is up for grabs. Like Boston's yeah. not doing well. Toronto sunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly with Embiid out is is gonna be terrible with that saga fiasco going with him and Ben. So yeah, they have a real chance. <laughs> and, and you know, these games are about to come fast, so they, they gotta take advantage and load them up now. Because you got those, you got teams like Charlotte coming, Indiana, they're going to be coming. You know, those teams are going to get better 20 more games in once they yeah. start to mesh. Indiana's just got to get healthy. They're just, you know, working right. with Levert into the rotation. And then Malcolm Brogdon was out pretty much all last week. But that's someone who's, in my opinion, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, I see him like a better Kirk Heinrich. Like, okay, he's just a floor general. <clears throat> Uh, Brogdon's going to make the right decision. I feel like for some reason people just kind of overlook him, but this guy's like a six, six dude who can realistically play one through three, but really play the hell out of that combo guard. Uh, He's leading the team in points attempted. And, you know, the reason I say Kirk Heinrich is just like a really smart player out there and he's going to knock down shots. He's not flashy. He's not, he, he, he reminds me a lot of, uh, I don't know if the, you know, if you know Andre Miller. Okay, yeah, yeah. Don't say much. Coachable, likable guy. The game's not real flashy, but it's like, it's one of those 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 um, moments where you look at the box score and you're like, he has 30? Yeah. The hell? You yeah. know, one of those guys that just surprised you at the end. Like, he does his job and he does it well. And he's all across the board. He's giving you points, assists, steals, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah, hell of a player, very coachable. He's just he's not a flashy dude. Like he would he would fit well with San Antonio, that yeah. type of team. Yeah. You know, you know, for a team like Indiana with those guys over there, it's just like ah, he's basic, but he gets the job done. He gets it done. Yeah, you know, I was surprised that Philly didn't take the bait on a possible trade for him for Simmons. You need more. You're going to need more for Simmons. Yeah. Well, what do you yeah. think about that situation? Because Simmons, it's like such a weird situation where he's kind of tanking his own value. Yeah. But at the same time, you want something fair back. But how do you even manage that? 
They're not. That this can go on for another four years because <laughs> he has four years left on his contract. Oh, he's, he's just going to be forfeiting money. <laughs> yeah, man. He's uh, they got to get him out of there. He, it's clear. It's, it's obvious he don't want to play, you know, there. I think he needs a you know a fresh new slate because once the once the fans turned on him, I think that did it for him and made it kind of you know tougher for him to come out and play. Me, yeah. I just would have sucked it up like fuck it, you know y'all gonna like me or not, you know I'll, you can boo me all day. I'm still getting paid. Like yeah. when when Paul Gasol got traded for when I was in Memphis, we we traded Paul Gasol for Kwame Brown. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying and. He, You'll be amazed by the stuff these fans used to say to Kwame. You know what I'm saying? Just he would hear it every day. And I know that he heard he's heard his whole career. He's heard it. But you what's what's so intriguing about that situation, like he took it all in and didn't really care. Sat and was the same person, like, look, I I got paid, you know, it doesn't matter. He it, it didn't bother him at all. You know, he he's and he was the most humble in this dude, like real cool dude, man. And the perception of him was totally like false. Like it's just totally different. Like you, you wouldn't believe that this guy could, he can actually play basketball. <laughs> he just yeah. has small hands, you know what I'm saying? And he was a big 6'11 dude. He was strong, but I remember just going into those arenas. They was just heckling him, man. It's just killing him. And he was just, you know, kind of rub his chin, showing his watch, you know, just kind of being sarcastic. Like he didn't give a damn, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those situations, man. The, the, the fans are brutal in Philly. So I get it. I get it. But yeah. can you really play somewhere else? Because they're going to expect the same thing. You know, yeah. I think if he I think if he comes back, even if he doesn't make the threes, even if he shoots them, that crowd will love him. Yeah. Even if you just he take three threes, they could be all air balls. They'll still love him. The fact that you don't take them. And you just kind of fold it, you know. That's that's doesn't sit well with them. Yeah, it seems like he got afraid to shoot. Yeah, confidence. The confidence is down. So when you when you're afraid and your confidence is down, you don't even want to take the shot. He had layups. He was passing up. Yeah, and I think that's like Mm -hmm. the most undervalued, under uh, analyzed aspect of sports in my opinion is the mental aspect the human aspect that like i mean i remember uh i'll leave the names out of but i covered uh this this kid who's a really good high school basketball player now plays college football and he hit me up after this game and it was a really tough loss they blew a 13 point lead in uh a really big game it was like the conference championship and so i'm like i'm not going to text him because he, I'll let him reach out to me. I know he's hurting right now. So sure enough, about three days later, he's like, that was a rough game. And I'm like, I know, dude. I know. You didn't want to say anything. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happens. All of a sudden, the team loses the confidence. And then yeah. that's that's how things spiral. And they were playing yeah. against this team uh, – I don't know if you've ever seen any of these teams from these uh, Native American reservations, but it's an incredible style of play. Uh, they call it res ball. There's like a, a Netflix okay. documentary about it, but it's like the only thing I would comp- compare it to would be like those before they got Birdman Heat teams because mm, okay. they kind of got a big man then. But like before they got that big man, it was like 
Eddie Curry, who wasn't throwing with Eddie Curry, you know, it was like yeah, Eddie Curry yeah. on his last leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. They, but they would get in this uh, this particular team where they would stay in this one three one zone and just like if you tried to pass around the perimeter, you're mm-hmm. you're dead. And yeah. you know, you kind of see them out unravel. But it, it's so easy to overlook. Like, oh well, why isn't he doing it? It's like, well, how would you feel? You know, like I, I I'm in TV now how do I feel when I screw up on, you know, my sports highlights? I feel bad. You know, right. it sucks right. even more that yeah. everyone in the state of Montana might Just have seen you know, <laughs> say yeah. you know, that wrong, you know, or like the graphic doesn't come up right. And you feel bad yourself. But then yeah. when you're in the stadium, I can't even imagine, you know, the the pressure in the, the malice, the the just disrespect. Yeah, it's like you guys aren't out there to just, you know, entertain these guys. You are to some degree, but like you're, yeah. you guys are human beings, you know. Yeah, you and can hear, you can hear it all too. It's not that. like you're playing. It's not like you're playing in a plastic bubble or a box where the crowd is on the outside and you don't hear any heckling or anything. Yeah, you hear every everything. You know. Yeah. I can't imagine it, man. You, you got to have tough skin. The, the people yeah. I really feel bad for is the referees. Oh, yeah. They definitely have tough skin. <laughs> and bodyguards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. And you can't win if you're a ref. Nah, man, because everybody want to come at the ref. They'll exactly. be waiting on the refs. That's why they leave the games first. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's get out of here. Yep, <laughs> that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, one last question for you. I got to do this every time I have a, have somebody on. Uh, NBA Finals prediction. As we mentioned, it's November 9th. Uh, so, you know, I'll, hit me up if you want to change it. I'll tweet it out. I'll say, Andre said he changed his mind. You know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, who, who's going to the finals? Who's winning? Uh, East, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Milwaukee going back. That's what I said. I'm going to say Milwaukee's going back uh, healthy. They have the most complete team to me. Giannis is going to play unbelievable. Uh, Brooke is – I hate Brooke Lopez's game, but he's showing he's more effective. He's knocking threes down. Uh, The West is wide open, man. I was riding with the Lakers, but that's – with that situation, it's going to jump up and down. So you just never know. Westbrook is hot and cold. Um, they're gonna have to figure out that situation. Um, man, Wes is tough, it is because, like, it's a perfect example. It's like the antithesis of what I was saying about the Chicago Bulls, where all the pieces are really complementary. Because you look at the Lakers, and yeah. it's like Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are very similar, yeah, and then you it's- don't have a ton of shooting. Both those guys thrive based on having shooters surround them. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So, I mean, yeah, but, you you know, um, I guess with that, that's kind of one of those situations where you got to wait and see. I I don't even want to jump the gun and say, yeah, they're going to go. No, I don't. I don't see it now. Yeah, I think I think I think Phoenix will make another push. Um. Uh, and, and you, you can't forget about those Utah boys, man. They yeah. make noise every year, but they it's like they never cross that 
threshold of where they're trying to go. I just think that this may be the year they do it because Donovan Mitchell and what's the kid Clarkson are playing just unbelievable. Yeah, You just never know. They can come out, you know, because they, they're good regular season. You know, you always see them at the top. They just, it's, they're out the first round. They're like Denver. You know, they got everything that they've done the first round. You know, they're real deep team. The Hassan Whiteside pickup was kind deep. of sneaky, huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big fellas gonna block shots. Goo, he's a goofy kid though, but he, you know, he'll do his job. He'll definitely do his job. Give um, Rudy some minutes. I just, you can't, you can't knock them out. Those are my my three top. That can, that's not even in no no type of order. You got Phoenix, Denver, and Utah. One of those teams, I believe, will win it. Okay. Out out the three. Yeah, my, my prediction going into the season was that uh, the Bucks beat the Nuggets in seven. Okay. And we'll see about that. Basically, my theory is that, like, eventually Jamal Murray's going to come back. And right. we only got to see four or five games last year when you had Jamal Murray, Aaron <laughs> Gordon. Will Barton wasn't healthy all year. But right. we didn't get to see that Murray, uh, MPJ, Barton, Gordon Jokic five, which you mm-hmm. could make an argument is the best five in the NBA, especially when you have Jamal Murray playing like he did, you know, a couple of years ago. Right. And so I think that's going to be very hard for the opponents in the West. They're going to have limited tape. They're not going to have their own tape. A lot of them. And so if you don't get a chance to see what this monster even looks like, it's going to be hard to hunt. Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. You're not going to see these teams until they're fully healthy. That's why I can't really make uh, predictions, adjustments to like the middle of the seat, like 40, 50 games in, because that's a, a lot of games and a lot of wear and tear on your body. And, you know, normally, you know, knock on wood, a lot of that's that's too much, you know. Yeah. So with a team, especially that's that's bad for a team like the Lakers because those guys are older and they need that rest and too much of too much rest could be detrimental as well yeah so they got to be kind of they got to be you know careful with that with the load management and things of that nature because it could could hurt them in the end yeah and and, you know you get hot at the right time you're healthy at the right time just look at phoenix last year you know yeah right that's a good example (laughs) yeah well, maybe we'll have to check in with you uh, in 40, 50 games then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll probably have a strong prediction then. Okay, <laughs> know, okay. You definitely know by then. <laughs> All right, we'll be ready for it. Well, uh, Andre, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. We'll, we'll get this one up. And uh, I hope you have a great night. And uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to the show. Happy New